to heal, you have to deal with things. So hi, this is Kathy from the Rocky Retirement Show, and I'm so excited today because I have Lori Cassidy Hogland on the line with me, and she's actually a friend of mine, and I invited her to come on the show, and I'm so excited that she said yes. Um, she has actually worn many, many hats since kindergarten. She was a kindergarten teacher. Can you believe that? <laughs> And she now is a licensed clinical social worker, or LCSW. Try saying that as fast as you can, 10 times. So she was 48 when she decided to get her master's degree, and she opened a private practice. And during that time, she was also involved with hospice as a bereavement director for 10 years. Now, I interact with people who are hospice workers, you know, anybody who's involved in hospice, whether it's selling the hospice services or working directly with the patient, I have always found that they are just the most caring people. And it's probably one of the reasons why I'm attracted to to Lori. So over time, coaching became a thing. And she went ahead and completed her coaching program and she became a coach with the Hudson Institute of Santa Barbara, specializing in adult self-renewal and development growth. And so you can call her a lifelong learner. She is even a laughter yoga instructor. It's so funny. I took a very short laughter yoga class in one of the um, functions that I attend, and I had a good time. <laughs> it was really funny. If you've never tried laughter yoga, it's not, they're not cracking jokes. It's actually an exercise. So maybe we'll talk about that if we have time. I'm not really sure. So Lori, welcome to the show. Well, hi, Kathy. Thanks for inviting me to do this. Hello, everyone. <laughs> you can tell from Kathy's intro that my journey has been very varied. And believe me, to be me all the time, as my title would imply, has been a journey. I wasn't, and I needed to find a new way to become myself. Well, tell me, Lori, what, what happened in the past where, where you weren't really feeling like yourself? What, what was happening back then? Let me just tell you that I want to share my story because actually telling our story is, is showing how living in your family is a key part of your story. So I would like to share a little bit about that. And because it may also have some impact on how we are feeling today. Leftover feelings or messages that we receive may still be with us and not serving us very well. So um, I'll just go ahead and share and you'll get you'll get the idea what I'm talking about. Sure. Because of certain certain dire circumstances, actually, my mother left my dad uh, when I was three weeks old. And so here she was needing to support uh, me and my two little older brothers. And to do that, she decided to go to beauty school. And so we stayed with relatives for close to two years. So when we got back together again, she opened up this beauty shop. And of course, she struggled. And, and there was a, a kind of a theme of life was hard. And there wasn't a whole lot of joy. It was all about, you know, supporting us and getting, getting work. 
So like one time my brothers poured the whole box of soap in the water to wash the dishes. And I remember my mother crying. So there were just, you know, she, she was struggling very desperately in many ways. So something that happened to me that happened, occurred many, many times that did affect the way I came up is she, of course, started her business. And I was about three years old. And all the ladies were friendly and they came to, but they came to have their hair done. And so, and they wanted to relax, I suspect, and maybe even get rid of their own children or get away from them. But I was three. And so I wanted to be by my mom and I wanted to be in that where the action was. It's kind of like my preschool, except they didn't have preschool back then. So she was always shushing me into the other room because the shop was in our house. So I didn't understand why she did that. It just didn't make, you know, I just didn't know I was three. So that impacted me because I, what I got from that experience, because she would do it over and over again, is I, first of all, felt lonely being in the back room all by myself. And then I started to feel like I was a bother. You know, I must be a bother. They don't want me. And that was the other leftover feeling, this feeling not wanted. Because I'd stayed with an aunt and uncle while she was going to beauty school, and they they didn't have any children, so they were just doting on me. I don't think I ever left their sight. So those are the things that sometimes come up. You carry that feeling with you, and I did. So the good thing that I learned, however, from my mom was that I learned perseverance because I watched her. And, and she did make a living for us, and she did a good job. So I also had good uh, friends, and I had support from my community, which we want to look at, too, when we're kind of reviewing our story. And so I felt pretty cared about and connected in that way. I was even a homecoming queen candidate. So things mm-hmm. were good. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny that you bring that up because I have a, a woman at my church who has been talking to me about her own mother. And she has said several times that her mother never loved her and didn't want her. Uh huh. So did you ever talk to your own mother about these? Is she, is your mom still alive? No, she's passed. Uh-huh. Were you a- ever able to talk to her about this? Because just knowing my own mother, so my, my own mother is not demonstrative. She, she doesn't, show her feelings the way some other women do. Mm-hmm. And so I, but, but I know my mother. And so now that I've grown up, I realize that my mother loves me very, very much. Mm-hmm. But when I was younger, I might've, you know, cause I saw the difference between my mother and my father and how they acted. And my mother tends to show you that she loves you by doing things that she says she's going to do. And my father tended to just say he loved you over and over again. And Uh um, so I always wonder if people's parents, when you think they don't love you and they actually love you deeply, I'm just wondering if you ever were able to talk to your mom about that. Well, actually, I don't think I actually said that about that particular story that was so impactful, but we became very good friends as adults, as well, actually, when I moved 
uh, and became, you know, my own person and d- was doing my own thing. We would, we would go to uh, go out to dances together. This is before I was married, and um, we even danced with the Blue Angels oh, one time. Oh, nice! You know, so we we got to be qu- quite good friends. And I I always knew that she loved me. But I'm just saying that there were feelings that, you know, as a little child that you absorb. Right. And you, like, yeah. like the feeling of not being wanted. I'm sorry if I, I didn't yeah. need to put words no, in no. your mouth. I was just bringing this other person's, her experience into it. So sure. I guess, I guess my question is, because I don't have children, uh, you know, sometimes we might put across feelings for a young child that really aren't true. You know, right. right. As parents, we need to watch that. Yeah. yeah. So how did how did you overcome that? I mean, I know that later on in, in your life, you were able to have that really great relationship with your mom. But how did you how were you able to overcome that feeling of not being wanted and being, you know, shushed? <laughs> I told you I was pretty determined. And so I I decided I was going to go to college and not too many women did that back then, but I decided I was going to do that. And I even with my spunkiness, I went to my family doctor and asked him if he'd loan me me, me the money to go. <laughs> you've got you've got so much, but don't you? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> to this day, I cannot believe I did that. I mean, I was <laughs> like, what did I do? And but I was starting to create my own story now. And so when my mother found out I did this, I mean, I didn't even tell her because uh, I don't think she knew what I was going to do or considered it. So I I told her I was going to do this. And she says, oh, I don't I don't think you sh- that's not a good idea. You might lose your religion. And I thought, mm. and, and now I think, oh, yeah, that's one of those old beliefs that, you know, she had that I could take on myself. And so I did actually, I mean, I didn't, I held on to that, not to disappoint her. And it probably did have effect on my learning, you know, in some of my courses early on. No, but wait a I, minute. I, I'm, a, I'm a little confused. What, what, did, uh-huh. what did she mean by that? So going to college meant that you would not be religious after that? Is that what she meant? Yeah, I, I would lose my religion because, you know, when you go to school, you get new ideas and new thought. Oh, I see. So she wasn't upset that you asked the family doctor to help you pay for it. She just didn't no. want you to go to college. Right. She didn't want me to to lose my religion. That was very important. Her religion was very important to her. So you went to college. Now I'm curious, did the doctor help you pay for it? He did. Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, he did. Yes. And I paid him back years later. Years later, I paid him back. He insisted I don't or I didn't, but I did. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, that that then led me, you asked earlier, you know, how I shifted things. And I went into the field of uh, the world of psychology because I knew I needed I needed to have stronger tools to help myself, you know, to help me emotionally. And so that was the path, really, for understanding myself. And any leftover feelings that I had didn't keep me from finishing college because I was a determined young woman making my way. <laughs> and uh, so once I was in my 20s, I started to define my own life. And that's that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we do in our 20s. 
and we become our own author of our own way our life is going to go. But some people don't do that and they hang on to the old stories and the old messages. So anyway, then, you know, life went on and I decided when the children, you you said I um, was 48 when I returned to school, well, kids were going off to college and I wanted to go to school again. And coincidentally, my husband was without a job at that time, just briefly. And so the timing was a bit interesting, but... <clears throat> being determined, I said, I got to get on with my life. I'm I'm in a midlife crisis here. I need to get on with it. So that's another talk. But I did. I went on to graduate school. I knew everything would be okay. I opened up a private practice almost immediately because I was old. <laughs> <laughs> so when you opened up this private practice and you started uh-huh. getting clients, what was the the main theme of what people needed help with? Well, I think, you know, you teach what you most need to learn. So I had a lot of clients that were a bit like me that looked at, you know, they, their story. Everybody's story is different, but we all have our story and it's good for us to look at it and reexamine it and Get free of it, if you say it that way. We want to honor some of the old beliefs. I mean, I understand now why my mother did what she did of shushing me in the other room. She wasn't doing it because she didn't care about me. She was doing it to please the lady so they'd come back, you know, that kind of thing. So you, you you learn to understand why things happened. In therapy, that's what you help people do. You know, they, they don't, they put blame on people and stuff like that. But if you really look within the story, there's more to it. So that's part of what I would do then. So how do you let go of your past? Like, like, let's say, let's say you really feel that your mom or your dad or whoever didn't love you for whatever reason, and that's been hindering your life's progress. How do you let go of that? Well, what I do with people is you have to remember that our thoughts are energy, right? We're all energy. And so we know that some of those old um, beliefs that we have about ourselves or about our families is exactly that. So, of course, you've talked about it. And then you work on letting go of of that by moving some of the energy about it. That's the really best way to do it because one of the things that I do do with people is to remind them that that they're in charge of their thoughts. You've heard that before, I'm sure. So you need to have an inner dialogue with yourself. And so whatever you think, you can change. So if you're thinking something that was unpleasant and you've really dealt with it, you first have to deal with it. You have to look at things first. To heal, you have to deal with things. But if you have some lingering thoughts that keep creeping in, remember you're in charge of your thoughts and that you don't have to believe everything you think. So you have this inner dialogue and you say say something to yourself like, well, thanks for sharing, but I'm not interested in thinking about this. I'm moving on to something more interesting and have a dialogue with your own thoughts. 
Don't resist the thought because you know what you resist persists, but just calmly move on to something more interesting. And eventually those intrusive thoughts will lose their power. Another thing that you can do and what happens a lot is people, maybe you've never had this experience, Kathy, but we can't sleep at night because we're solving the world's problems. Or we wake up in the middle of the night solving the world's problems. And there's a wonderful technique that I help people with by doing this. What you do is you just start laying there in bed and you begin noticing your breath. And you don't change your breath. You don't deep breathe and let it flow out. You just notice the natural out and in of your breath. And when you get distracted because you will, you come back and just start noticing your breath again. And you do that as many times as it takes, especially when you're new at doing it. It's new behavior. And eventually you will go back to sleep because breath is your life force and it's very calming. So you just be patient with yourself because it takes time for your brain to believe that you're in charge. You know, that is awesome advice because there are so many people, especially as you get older, where it's so difficult to sleep. Uh-huh. For myself, I'll wake up in the middle of the night because I have to use the restroom. And then when I come back, right, it will be difficult. Now, this is changing. I mean, like, it, I'm getting better. Like last night, for example, I got up and and I fell right back to sleep. So it wasn't a problem. But that breath technique, I'm going to try that the next time I can't sleep. So basically, you just start noticing your breath. Mm-hmm. And then when you start thinking about something else, as soon as you realize it, you reel it back in and start noticing your breath again. And just mm-hmm. keep doing that over and over again until you fall asleep. So right. you focus. Right. Instead of focus, focusing on the sheep jumping over the fence or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you're you just follow on. your breath. You're oh. just noticing your breath. Awesome and, advice. And give it a shot. And don't give up. I mean, you know, it may take a couple of times to, you know, it, it's new behavior. It's just like riding a bike. It takes a while. <laughs> that is great advice. Okay. Now, thank you for that advice. And we are going to, on that note, we are going to take a short break. And we'll be right back with Lori Cassidy Hogland. This show is what's known as an indie podcast, which is short for independent podcast. What that means is that we don't have a lot of money to promote this show like some of the bigger shows. So we rely on you, the listener, to tell your friends and family about it. So if you want to help us grow and get the word out that retirement isn't just about money, share the show, tell a friend, share our episodes on social media, or tell your financial advisor about it. They need to know too. Help us get the word out. It would mean the world to me. Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm here with Lori Cassidy Hogland, a friend of mine. And right before the break, she gave us this great little tip on how we can go back to sleep if we're having trouble sleeping. And um, I'm really excited about some of the other things we're going to talk about. So Lori, welcome back. Thanks. 
Yes, we're going to talk about redesigning your life. We've already talked about your story and examining that, right? And so now we want to look at some of the things that you maybe want to use to check things out and get clear of your purpose. And you have to, in order to get clear on your purpose, you need to clean up your inner landscape. And and what I was telling you earlier through my story is that is about cleaning up your inner landscape. We need to free ourselves of that. And, and, and when I did that, my energy increased, my power, my inner power uh, increased. And some of those old beliefs just, uh, I just I don't have them anymore. They're there. They still exist. I can still recall them like I just did. But I have no charge about them anymore. It's, That's you know, I've, I've understood it. So do you have like a step-by-step process in how you did that? Or is it going to be different for each person? Well, it's a similar and it's, uh, you know, it's the same and it's different. It, it varies for sure. But there's some questions that you can ponder, even if you're not working with someone, if you're wanting to just work on, on your own story, ask yourself what events or, or characters will still show up for you and what impact do they still have with you today or do they? Just check in with yourself. And what are some of the things that keep you from not doing what you want to do? Some old beliefs or habits. Check in. Does something stop you from doing what you really want to do? That's what I mean by cleaning up your landscape. Sometimes you do that with someone else. Sometimes you do it with the help of a therapist or a coach or a good book. There's a wonderful book called um, Writing Down Your Soul by Janet Connor that really asks you a lot of questions. And it's not a journal as such. It's, it's really delving into these kinds of things. So ultimately, it is your job. And no one else can do it for you. And the way out of this is you're the only expert on yourself. So your purpose really is to clean up anything that gets in the way so you can become the person that you really want to be. How you treat yourself determines your purpose. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how this would work. So let me make sure that I have the questions correct. So Uh if you want to redesign your life, first, you ask yourself what events or characters show up when you're thinking about bad things maybe? Well, yeah, you're just doing a review like I did. I I kind of shared with you a review of my life. You know, I told the good things and and some of the struggles. And so you you would have the same. You have certain things that happened in your life that impacted you and made you go in one direction or another. Or you just went in it. You know, like my husband went to college. He had no idea why he was going, but his coach said, his school teacher, I guess it was, said, well, you're good at math. You know, so he went and decided he'd go be an engineer. And, you know, it wasn't till many years later, he thought, well, the only reason I really did that was that was what was going on in the 60s. You know, engineering and math, that was it. And so that's why I did what I did. Mm-hmm. And he looks back on it and goes, well, I might have done that differently now. Okay. So, so let's use an anonymous 
husband as an example. So, so he sure. would ask himself what events happened in his life. So basically the, the, the main event would be, okay, I went to college and became an engineer. And then what impact did that have on my life? Well, it meant that I made good money during my life. And, but it also meant that now I wasn't an artist. I didn't, I didn't paint for a living and I really would have liked to do that. And then what beliefs or habits stop me from doing what I want to do? And that is, well, I can't be an artist because I'm 50 years old and it's too late. Is that the kind of thing that you're talking about? Well, that's interesting that you say that. I I have a, a woman that I worked with who was in corporate America and, you know, that's what she felt like she was good at and what she was supposed to be doing. And, and she started taking some of the types of work classes that I, I was learning about energy and she cleaned herself up so much. She left that job and is an artist, has her own gallery. She, I I wished I could afford her paintings. So yeah, that's a good example of clean it up the best you can. And I do have ways that you use certain techniques to move your energy. For example, lots of people avoid feeling their feelings fully because when we're little, we get overwhelmed easily. And so we put a lid on our feelings because we feel so strongly about so much because we don't understand our world. But actually, as adults, we have a huge capacity to feel. But there's a lot of people uh, walking around uh, still holding on to that. Well, I don't feel my feelings fully or I you know, don't even think about it. Uh, another one is they limit their self-expression because they've been told to, you know, be quiet or some something somewhere told them it wasn't OK to be fully self-expressed. And so they're limiting themselves in certain ways today. And I'm sure the person with the art, she probably was, she didn't think she was an artist. And she held that back for many years. So that's what I want us to learn from today is to check in and look as newly retired people are about to retire people. You're in transition. You're really kind of designing, making some changes possibly And what you want to do next, you have a great life to live. What is it that you really want to do? Hmm, Interesting. And now, as we retire, we have more time to figure that out and to, to do it if we want, right? Right. Absolutely. So knowing that cleaning up that landscape is part of becoming you, because that's what your life purpose, when you get clarity, the way you get clarity is to clean this up. When you get clarity, then you'll know what it is that you're to do next. Interesting. And then just go for it. Why not? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) right? Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, we are coming up towards the end of the interview. Is there anything else that you want to let us know before we say goodbye? Because I know you've got so much information, but I don't want to overwhelm my, my listeners. So Right. I, the, and I could easily do that. Yeah. What's the what's uh, the one other piece of advice that you would like the listener to know? 
Well, I think I said it, that our purpose is to clean up our inner landscape. That's when you can become the person you long to be, because we have only one glorious life, and it's meant to be lived fully. And to do that, we have to live consciously as who we are in all of our heart and all of our soul. So find out where that is and allow yourself to become you which is your purpose. That is great advice. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, how would they get in contact with you? They can email me at Lori Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-Y, one at gmail.com, or they can call me at 760-450-4447. Awesome. And I will have a link to that in the show notes as well. So Lori... Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. I think that your insight on how to redesign your life is very helpful for my listener. I know there's a lot of people out there that would like to know how to do that, but they don't know where to start. So this was a great jumping off point. Thank you again. Yes. Good introduction. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you. And for my listener, we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, 
send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.